Well, thank you, Luann and Tamara and all of our music folks and everyone making worship possible this morning. We begin a new series this morning in the footsteps of Jesus. I hope that's where you'd like to go in the new year. And we are in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 38. And we are looking at God keeps his promises. And this is a story of Mary and Joseph taking Jesus to the temple to have him dedicated in the first month of his birth. And I would also say as we begin in Luke, we've been in Luke a little bit, some of the emphasis of, of Luke's gospel, that all the gospels are beautiful and they're all about the life and ministry of Jesus, but also they each have their unique emphasis. And some of the emphasis of, of Luke are the Holy Spirit, the role of women in the ministry of Jesus, as well as prayer and so many other things. So I welcome you into this story this morning. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a devout man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the Lord required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, the child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Then there was a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who are looking forward to the redemption of Israel. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. All right, well, we're looking at In the Footsteps of Jesus this morning, and uh, God keeps his promises. How many people out there do New Year's resolutions? Anyone besides me? Goals, New Year's resolutions? And... Um, it, it's always exciting. So Ben and I always do goals and, and some New Year's resolutions to go with that. And prior to New Year's, when we had all these wonderful dishes out there for Christmas dinner and then later for, you know, a lot of folks had given us candies and all kinds of things. And the table was just full. And Savannah kept saying, Dad, you want some cookies or this? And I said, oh, I really need to, I really need to diet a little bit and start my diet. And she said, Dad, Dad, wait till New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the air then. Uh, you just ride the wave then and just splurge right now. So she talked me into that. But uh, I, I, do you know the most common resolutions? You probably do, right? You probably made them too. So diet and exercise, right? That's, that's one. More savings and a renewed relationship of some sort or another. Now, 60 days later, how many think those resolutions are still 
you know, they're probably lost a little bit of momentum. That's normal. But I do think that goals and resolutions are important. But this morning, what I'd like to think about is God's promises to us, okay? And this is such a beautiful story. Uh, Jesus is just about eight days old when he went in for this moment into the temple. And Mary and Joseph had to walk eight miles from Bethlehem, Jerusalem. That's right, walk in the winter time for all those folks who are at home watching we love you but <laughs> they had to go and, and it was it does get cold in bethlehem jerusalem area maybe not as cold as it is this morning but they had to walk eight miles there and eight miles back in order to be faithful to the promises of god and when they get there jesus is to be blessed it's a consecration moment and they make an offering to the lord and in that moment they are surprised by uh, this man by the name of simeon who's a bit of a prophet, and we're told that Simeon had been whispered to by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. What a promise, right? And so we know that he's up in years, and you wonder in that moment, he's waiting and waiting, and then on this day, the Lord whispers to Simeon and that the Messiah is there, and Simeon goes into the temple. He sees Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, and he says these beautiful words. He takes Jesus into his arms, praising the Lord, and says this, Sovereign Lord, you have promised you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Wow, what a beautiful moment that he's saying he's seen the fulfillment of the Lord in that day. And by the way, that word, now dismiss, your servant in peace, now dismiss, that's called the nunc diminutus because that's those two words in Latin, now dismiss. And where do we see that? elsewhere. Well, almost every funeral service and every funeral service, memorial service that I do, we do a commendation that includes the nunc diminutus. Now let your servant go in peace, for your promise has been fulfilled. And this has been a tradition for a long time in the church. And it's a beautiful moment because what it's saying is God has fulfilled his promises in this moment. And now God is at work in the Messiah, and God has come, and God is faithful. And we say that for a memorial service, other moments too, but always for the commendation at the end of the service as we commit a person to the Lord. And Simeon is saying, I'm at peace. God has brought this promise to fulfillment. And in this moment, think about God's faithfulness to, first of all, Mary and Joseph. Wow, but even at this point, when Jesus is less than a month old, God has been faithful, right? God has been faithful to Mary. She's had this uh, incredible miracle happen, the virgin birth, the Holy Spirit, and she's been faithfully, they, brought, they went to Bethlehem through the, the desert and the hills and valleys, and God has opened it into them. And then also to Joseph, the Holy Spirit whispered to him in a dream that he would be the earthly father of Jesus the Messiah. And this had to confirm that, but then also there's Simeon, this older person who's been waiting and waiting and waiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled, and they're fulfilled in that moment. Man, have you ever felt like you're waiting for the promises of God? Anyone besides me, right? And God sometimes takes a while to fulfill the promises that are coming our way. And then Simeon also whispers some words that are an encouragement, also a bit of a, a warning, I suppose. 
And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. So the thoughts of many hearts might be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Wow, in other words, that through the Holy Spirit, God is going to speak to Jesus and light is going to come on. The light has dawned, but also this prophecy, if you will, that Mary's heart will be pierced. And what a mix of both joy and also maybe heartbreak or the hint of heartbreak. Now, Mary and Joseph may not have known the full destiny of Jesus at this point, but I wonder at the cross, at the foot of the cross, when Mary was there looking up, that she didn't hear the whisper of Simeon come to her, that this is the fulfillment of prophecy. And even though it's a heartbreak, it's necessary for the salvation of God's people, and this is the hope, but also the promise of the resurrection was coming. God sometimes moves in that way, in unique and beautiful ways, that God works sometimes through challenge and adversity as much as through joy. And then there's this beautiful moment where Anna comes up. We're told that Anna was a widow after seven years of marriage and that she is now roughly 84 years old and she never leaves the temple. She's always praying and fasting and worshiping. Man, don't you like that? Don't you like faithful people that are there? Every, not just every Sunday, she's there every day. She's praying and fasting and, uh, and she has a blessing for Mary and Joseph, too. And again, Luke often brings forward the, the ministry and roles of women in the life of Jesus. And here at this moment, it's not just Mary, but also this prophetess by the name of Anna, who has words of blessing, and she prays over Jesus. And what a beautiful moment that is. And, and I suppose Mary appreciates that, too, the, the voice of an older woman coming to her and as a young mother, teenage mother in this moment, and this older woman's prayers are just, are just beautiful. We're told today that Unlike back in the 60s, I suppose, where there's sort of an antipathy of younger people towards older people, that the new millennials, and as well as Gen Z, Gen Y, and all those, have a great respect and admiration for older people, for grandparents. They really love uh, grandparents in their life as a whole. And uh, in this moment, you're reminded of the work of, of grandparents. So if you are up in years and you wonder, do I still have a ministry? I would say, yes, look at Anna. Simeon, too, was older, we believe. And in this moment, it's just, it's just beautiful. And so God has also promised to Anna that she would be faithful. And I think it's just so beautiful in that moment. There used to be an older person in our church by the name of Haynes, Haynes McKibben. And uh, Haynes had a great career as a business person and also as a member of this church and also as a, as a leader, a lay leader in this church. And he was up in years when I knew him and I used to go and visit him over at Westminster. And as Haynes and I would sit there, uh, Haynes always, if we visited for a while and I prayed for Haynes, Haynes would always tell me, he said, I can't do much anymore, but I can pray and I will. I pray for you every day, and I pray for the service every Sunday, and he'd take a moment and pray for me. And I really appreciated that. I really appreciated his, his prayers. And so uh, some of the folks who are older and up in uh, senior years in life, your ministry of prayer is a blessing to so many people, including myself. And uh, all your prayers for this whole church and, and God's ministry throughout the world know that it counts. So God keeps his promises with Mary and with Joseph in this moment, and God also kept his promise with Simeon. 
and also Anna, and refresh those promises to Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, even though Jesus was just a baby. And I want to say that God also keeps his promises to you and to me. I know that in a new year, you wonder, is God still at work in my life? What about those promises that seem unfulfilled? And I would just say, as you look at this story this morning of Simeon and Anna and Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, what promises of old that God has whispered to you do you need to, to trust in God's faithfulness? I love the words of the Apostle Paul that were read earlier, 2 Corinthians 1.20. Luann read it. It's short, but it's so powerful. Listen to these words again. For in him, every one of God's promises is a yes. For this reason, it is through him that we can say amen to the glory of God. Now, there's also a shorter translation, as I like it as well, which is the promises of God are yes and amen to those who believe. The promises of God are yes and amen to those who believe. Say it with me. The promises of God are yes and amen to those who believe. Let's do it again. The promises of God are yes and amen to those who believe. I don't know we struggle with beliefs sometimes, but I like that. Not just yes, not just amen, but both. Yes and amen to those who believe. Now, if you're like me, I'm sure I'm probably not the only one that struggles with patience. Yeah. And in my spiritual world, too, because, you know, there are promises that God has whispered to me that I'm like, all right, God, I'm ready already. (laughs) Have you ever been there? And I think there's some great wisdom that's shared a lot of times that waiting time is not wasting time. Waiting time is not wasting time. And the reason is that many times God is prepared to fulfill the promise, but we aren't ready yet. We're not in the right season of life. God is still at work, whether it be challenge and adversity that we're facing or whatever chapter of life that we're in, that God is waiting to the right moment to fulfill the promise that God has whispered to us. Maybe this is a time in the new year as we look out into the new year ahead, not only to give thanks for the past, but to realize that there's unfulfilled promises that God has whispered to us. God's promises were true. God kept his promises to Simeon and Anna, to Mary and Joseph, and God's promises are true to you as well. There is a a moment in my life that I was facing a great deal of challenge and adversity. There have been a number of chapters, but I remember one moment specifically, and it was a difficult chapter in my life. My mom had come up from Florida to visit, and uh, we were driving around. She had said a prayer, what have you, and uh, it was storming outside. And all of a sudden, the storm broke, as it does sometimes, and on one side of the sky was dark storm clouds, and the other was, was sun. And as you know, what happens in that moment, there was a beautiful rainbow, but not just a single rainbow, but a double rainbow. And my mom pointed to the double rainbow and said, see, God is confirming that God will see you through no matter what, not just with one rainbow, but with two. Well, I don't know how God speaks to you, but that's so true. And for a rainbow, you probably know you need two things, really three things. You need one, you need a dark sky, and the other, you need light. You need sunlight breaking through, and then you need moisture in the air, right? And so in some ways, the moment that God's promises break through greatest to us is when we're maybe in one part of a dark chapter, but God's light is breaking through, and then there's sort of the water of the Holy Spirit in our life, and God shines his light of love in that moment, and there is a a rainbow of promise, even as God promised to Noah. I don't know how God whispers to you, 
that God is still faithful, that God is still at work, that God has a plan and purpose for your life. But know this in the new year, that, that God's promises are true, are yes and amen to you, not just to Simeon and Anna and Mary and Joseph. God's plan is faithful, and God will see you through. But then there finally is the moment in all this that not only are God keeps his promises, and God keeps his promises to you and I, but also this is a moment in the new year where maybe we need to make a new promise or a new commitment to the Lord that God can help us keep. Not just a peripheral thing, but how can you grow in your spiritual life in this year? How can you grow so that you're using your gifts and talents in a way that honor God, that love and serve God and love and serve neighbor? A renewal, dedication, a promise, and how can you do that? Well, for worshiping faithfully, for reading your Bible, for praying, maybe committing to some kind of a study of the Bible, and just to dedicate your life and everything that you do. Sure, we'll have moments when we fall short. We all do. But through the power of God's Holy Spirit, God is at work in our life to this day. So what are the promises that God has for you? I always share that one of my favorite promises, and we looked at it a lot when we looked at Daniel, was Jeremiah's words whispered to, in letter form, but also through the power of the Holy Spirit, to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Babylonian Empire. As they faced challenge and adversity in the Babylonian Empire, Jeremiah wrote and said, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans for hope and a future. And I think you could even put in there, in place of plans, maybe promises. Plans and promises. They kind of go together, don't they? And the power of the Holy Spirit to see you through. What promises need to be renewed in your heart and life? You know, if you're not feeling close to God, it's not because God has moved away from you. God is ever-present and always there. It's because we move away from God in our heart, not physically. God is always there. So maybe what you need to do in this new year is to open your heart and life in a new way to God. Through worship, prayer, Bible reading, through giving, time, treasure, and talent, and just be renewed and restored. And know that God's promises are faithful. I'm going to close with this true story. I don't know if there's any other jazz fans out there besides me. Anyone? Jazz fans? One of the greatest jazz musicians of all time is John Coltrane. And he's just a phenomenal musician who's passed on. And, um, and John Coltrane was an incredible jazz musician with incredible talent, both as a performer and also as a composer. But he struggled with addiction, and, uh, as well as depression and some other things. And there was a particularly low point in his life, later in his life, and he got so low that the only place he could look was up. <laughs> Sometimes God works in those moments. And in that moment, he sort of opened his heart and life to God, and God miraculously changed his life. And God freed him from the addiction and restored his life. And his whole last chapter of his life was beautiful and enduring. And he used to give his testimony now and then, how God had changed his life, and he was so thankful for the change to overcome addiction and some of the other things he wrestled with in life. And as part of that dedication, he wrote one of the great Basically, it's a concerto, a jazz concerto called Love Supreme, a love supreme for God's love supreme in his own life. It's a beautiful, effusive jazz. Um, it, it's one of the longest pieces. It's like 32 minutes. To, you know, it's jazz. depends on the, on the moment how long that is, but it's roughly 32 minutes. And uh, it has movements, just like a, like a, a 
concerto and different movements, and it's beautiful. You can listen to it sometime. But he used to play that often in his later chapter in life as a dedication, as a his musical testimony. And at one particular time, just before his passing, he gave his little testimony at the end of this concert, and then he played a beautiful version of A Love Supreme. Beautiful concerto. And at the end of that, he just got up after he'd performed that beautiful piece, and he just said, you know, um, praise and glory to God, and he said, nunc diminutus, nunc diminutus. And what did that mean? He knew this story. He knew how he'd been through so many of the dark and difficult chapters of life, but God's promises are faithful. And even as Simeon was able to say in this last chapter of his life, Lord, dismiss your servant, for your promises have been fulfilled. My eyes have been opened in the glory of God to all people. He was able to say that in a word. And as I said, at the end of every memorial service that I do, we say the Nunc Dimittis. I say that, even though I don't necessarily call it the Nunc Dimittis. That's that beautiful moment. And I think it's important to say that you can't get there in life until you've been through some difficulty and adversity, until you've given all you have, and know the promises of God are real and fulfilled, even when it's been difficult to see those. So I want you to listen again to those words. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory to your people. I want you to know, friends, that God's promises are still true. God keeps his promises. God's promises are yes and amen to those who believe. Whatever your promise that God has whispered to you, know that they're faithful. And if you need some new promises, open God's word and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to some new promises in life. And yes, I encourage us to make a recommitment and renewal for our life in the new year. But I want us to lean on the promises of God that are a sure foundation. God's promises are true, and God keeps his promises. Amen? Amen. Would you join me in prayer? Let me thank you for your love and grace in a new year. And as we look at this early moment in Jesus' earthly life, we're so thankful that Mary and Joseph were faithful to you and knew your promises were true. We're thankful for the ministry of Simeon as he comes to declare your promises and offer a blessing to the Christ child. We're thankful for Anna willing to give her whisper, her prayer, and her blessing on young Jesus. And we're thankful for, most of all, your promises to us, which are yes and amen to all of us who believe. Help us to trust your promises in the new year and to allow your Holy Spirit to continue to work in our hearts and lives. We pray this in Christ's name. And all God's people said, amen.